Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining me. Before I begin, I need to pray. Recording in progress. Father God, we just come boldly before your throne of grace. We thank you so much for just being in our lives. Thank you for leading and guiding us. God, we just ask that you fill us up with your Holy Spirit and allow us to receive your word today, Lord. I just thank you so much for filling me up with your Holy Spirit. And um, Holy Spirit, please lead me in this discussion. Allow me to discuss everything that I need to. Don't let me forget anything. Um, God, I just pray that you direct the trajectory of everything that needs to be discussed, including those things that are going on around the world and how we can be as stewards and also um, representatives of your kingdom, Father. So thank you so much for just being in our life. We ask that you please allow your will to be done and um, not our will or anyone else's, but yours. And God, so we ask that you remove every obstacle, every um, burden, every single concern and issue. We ask that you remove it out of our out of our path, and we lay it at your throne of grace, Father God, so that you can handle it. You said that your yoke, your um, burden is light, and your yoke is easy, God. So we just thank you right now that you allow your word to be fulfilled in our life. In the name of Jesus Christ, it is still in your blood. Amen. So um, thank you all so much for joining me today on Laws, Life, and Health. Let's talk about it. I have been actually trying to um, access the um, internet, and I had to reset my computer. Um, I tried to test it by sending out an email. At first, it, I was having problems with updating the information. And so now, um, just give me one moment, please. So thank you all once again for joining me today on Lost Life and Health. Let's talk about it. I want to share my screen to see if I can actually get on the internet um, because it keeps saying that it, it's no server found. And I, as you all can see, I am connected to the internet and I had to get on through my iPhone because it's not allowing me to get on there any other way. And so um, what I wanted to do specifically was go to the website so I can pull up the blog and um, also the other articles that I have been discussing. But apparently it doesn't look like it's going to work. So um, what I can do is just go ahead and try to discuss. I Let me try to see if I can pull it up again with the other. It says connected, but it doesn't allow me to do anything on the Internet. So let me um, stop sharing again. Let me share the screen one more time because it really helps if I'm able to show like an interactive way of um, an interactive way of showing the um, what I'm searching. Okay, so it looks like it is going to work. Okay, this is good. And I do have some allergies. I was traveling back home today and um, 
I just have some allergies, okay? But I do appreciate you all's patience. I've logged out and logged back in. I see that most of you all are still with me, so I really do appreciate that. Um, <clears throat> I, I see today there are a lot more people than it was on um, Tuesday. So thank you so much for joining me. Uh, let me go ahead and pull up this blog here. All right. So I have been working on uh, women's health, right? And um, unfortunately, I have like some not so good news today. Um, let's see, where is it? Where is the, I thought I was just saying it there. Okay. Hold on a second. Let me search it. Okay, so I should pull up in a moment. So I had been um pretty much going through where where is my okay here we go. I'm just waiting on this to pop up. So today I have been going through a little bit of um like I had some bad news, but it, it isn't anything that God can't take care of. So um Basically, I've I've had some issues with my professor that I've talked about several different times during the podcast. And so today I received notice um, that they were dropping me from my program, but I was it's okay for me to apply under a different program. And so basically what I did was I appealed the decision because um like all of the allegations in the claim was actually false, all of it there. And um, there's one in particular when I was basically um, I was basically spoken to about having a discussion last year about um, basically racism. And so the reason why I'm bringing this up is because there are a couple different things about me that, you know, um, if you are not someone that I do business with or you are not maybe a, a family member or an associate of mine, then you wouldn't know these things. But when it comes to certain discussions, I don't have certain discussions with everyone. I am a pretty reserved person. And if I don't need to, um, if I could prevent an, a debate or prevent an argument, there are a lot of different things that I won't discuss. <clears throat> specifically when it pertains to me having to explain some things that some people are uncomfortable with so for instance when i when we talk about slavery and those different type of things right slavery is something that you know it's um <coughs> slavery is something that is not always um discussed in a way that it's um in a way that people can embrace it. So you have a lot of times you have uh slavery being discussed and it causes emotional it causes emotional feelings, it causes uncertainty so for some people. Some people feel like they don't want to discuss slavery and the impacts of it because it comes from a negative um place. And so the reason why I'm bringing this up is because uh, last year, um, I was saying around March of 2022, I had uh, discussed, at, I had discussed um, the word nigger, 
and also the word white nigger. And so this word was being talked about in the classroom that allows for social uh, change. And also it also um, discusses the different uh, impact of um, economic disparities and also social disparities. So there was a combination of different philosophies that was discussed and talked about in the classroom. And so <coughs> what I what I uh, had mentioned was the word nigger comes from a place that is derived from a negative annotation. So people hear that word and they don't hear anything good from that word. And so that word is still in the dictionary. But you don't see the word um, uh, white nigger uh, in the dictionary where it could come from a negative place about their said race. So when you think of slavery and you think of all of these different things, this is something that should be addressed. The word nigger is still in the dictionary and it, it, it shouldn't be right. It comes from a very bad place in society. It comes from a very bad place in history. And so this is something that I had mentioned and this is something that I had, um, I'm sorry, just give me one moment here. Oh, I'm sorry about this. So the word nigger comes from a, a very negative place in history. And so with that word still being available in the dictionary, um, I believe that you know, that that starts, it should start there with changing the way our society is operating. So that word should be removed from the dictionary. And so that's what I was talking about, specifically, mainly focusing on how um, any type of negative annotation that is mentioned about any race, it could cause some type of um, uh, implication or risk, you know, where people are feeling a certain type of way. It can cause them to feel uncertain. It can cause them to feel, um, be filled with inequality, uh, inequity, and many other different things. And so this is the one of the main reasons why I brought it up is because we were talking about, um, you know, this philosophy class that really, really places uh, emphasis or attenuates to, you know, sort of combating these type of um, social issues and social injustices. And so in order for us to start somewhere, we need to start with how we're defining some of these terms in history. And so the problem for me was that the word nigger is still in the dictionary, but you don't see the word white nigger in the dictionary. And, and if it was, then that will also be negative. No one wants to be labeled a white nigger and no one wants to be labeled a nigger. So that word itself, it should be removed from the dictionary because it is derived from a negative annotation. And so that being said, I was actually um, scrutinized by um, mentioning that I was kicked out of the classroom and then I received a notice that said that that was inappropriate, disruptive behavior. And so um, that was inconsistent with the overall class discussion. Um, I just felt as if, you know, um, that was that situation was blown out of proportion simply because we as psychologists it is our duty to make sure that we're analyzing all of the risk associated with you know um injustices whether that be socially um social injustice 
um equity um so inequity inequality you have all of these different disparities as well so that is our goal is to minimize those type of disparities including the inequities that are taking place in society and what better way to do that by talking about something in history that really comes from a negative um derived place and so i was i it wasn't actually my school i don't think that is really my school is not the problem it's actually just the professor that is the problem for me and so i'm not i i'm not really sure what direction to go um but i did file an appeal and hopefully this appeal will work out um because he want me to actually be removed from the program and withdrawn from all of the programs all of the classes that and i'm almost done with the program so his lack of um helping me um during this process it has really sort of impacted my overall success in moving forward in the phd program in my school um i value my i value the fact that i am a very ethical researcher i um, maintain ethics i maintain values i am also um i i'm very impartial so i provide um balance and prestige i'm using a mixed method approach which means that my research is very judicious and um is balanced right so i have with the impartiality of using a mixed method approach which means i'm using quantitative uh, research and also qualitative and this allows me to be thorough and also to um be able to operationalize my research and so this has allowed me to sort of synthesize a lot of my findings and i want to be able to you know provide authentic information and so besides this discussion that happened in march of 2022 thus far the allegations that has been mentioned by me has all been false and so if anyone know of any way to help me get through this please uh, refer me uh but i did um file an appeal so i don't know this process i've never actually had to go through anything like this before at national lewis university um i've never had this many complaints i've never had this many complaints done on me and also i have never had so many different problems in the program ever so this is something new to me so if anyone has any advice or you could refer me um like maybe in the right direction of what to do as far as next steps if you know anyone that have experienced this type of uh you know situation with a professor not the school okay hold on one second please If you know, <clears throat> if you all know of anyone that have experienced this, this type of um, situation with a professor or just maybe a combination of a couple of professors because they all are collectively working together, um, I just would really like to move forward in my program. I've suggested that several dozen times. And so uh, please, you all keep me in your prayers. Um i'm waiting i'm going to be waiting back diligently to you know see what happens i actually just finished the class yesterday with the professor and that class it was actually okay so i'm not really sure um 
why there's a continued need to create these false allegations against me. But there are so many false allegations that I just is like, I don't even need um, support letters or anything because it's obvious I have proof through emails. Um, so there is like tons of emails that I have. So um, I don't want to make this a you know problem in my school i don't want to, my school is a very very good school to attend um so it is not the school it is actually just the professor so i am trying to move forward you all just please keep me in your prayers um and i really appreciate all of your support okay so i wanted to move forward and let's see if see if i can pull this up um okay let's see here and then I'm gonna pull up the five, the character. I I think I left off at Peter, and then I'm gonna look at the toxic uh, link article um, about menstruation uh, waste. I believe I left off on there at page eighteen. So let's see. This pull up. Okay, see, it's still, still not working. I'm not sure why all of these things are still loading here. So let's see if I could. Okay, so it's letting me pull up the actual um, Bible article. And it looks like it allowed me to pull up the menstrual waste. It doesn't let me pull up my website information to basically edit all of these problems that's going on right now so i'm not going to go in safe mode i would like to maybe duplicate the tab so let's see if i could just create a couple more troubleshooting steps if not i'll just finish reading the menstrual waste report and then i'll look at the um the bible character uh peter and uh let's see let's see if this works if this doesn't load here, um, okay, God, thank you. God, I just pray that you allow us to be able to look at this information in Jesus' name. Okay, so now let's see if I can pull up the actual post again because I had to close it out. Now let's see if I can get it back up. See, it is not even pulling up the article at all. I think I'm going to have to just reset it. So I won't be able to look at the um at the different tissues today, but that's fine. Hopefully I'll have this figured out tomorrow, okay? So let's look at the uh let me go ahead and look at the menstrual waste. And before I get there, let's start with a Bible scripture. I have some scriptures that I do want to go over, okay? So let's look at that here. Um, 
Oh, this is this is such a nice video. I wonder if it'll let me. I I actually copied this and I wanted to share it onto the, the onto the blog. Um, let's see if I could do it. If it'll let me pull up my email. Um, okay. So let's see if I can pull this up. Uh, let's see. Okay, so it looks like it let me do that. So let me um pull this up. And then I wanted to talk about uh oh, okay, finally pulled up. Okay. And I did start late today, so um I I'm still gonna go two hours from here though. Okay. Okay, so this is a um let me like it. I thought I had liked it. Okay, so this is a video that is from Emmanuel Mucula. He's a basically he's a life coach. He says, um, I'm gonna read what he said here. Uh, when leaders fail to communicate, rumors take over the workplace. Okay. It says, uh, in organizations where leaders fail to maintain open and transparent communication, a breeding ground for rumors emerges. In the absence of reliable information, employees often resort to speculation and gossip, feeding into a vicious cycle of misinformation. And so as you can see, basically from what I have said, there has been a lot of uh, misinformation going, going around from just a couple of professors. And so I was able to that documentation that clearly shows in the emails that all of these allegations are false. Okay. So it is so important to make sure that when you're communicating in the workplace or in any other setting, that you're you're keeping a chain of communication either through text or by email okay this is so important to remember to do this because people will sometimes say well you're starting work gossip or that person is starting work gossip and then they'll say well i didn't say anything so it's you know it's your word against theirs and usually that should not be something that you should be relying on relying on. So if someone is um, saying that you are involved in workplace gossip and there's a lot of uh, misinformation that is being fed and going around, you want to make sure that, you know, your leadership skills are not diminishing from this. You want to make sure that your leadership skills are not diminishing from this. And the way to do that is to make sure that you are not believing the rumors, that you're um, eroding any um, 
any added fabrication to you know when people are make believe making up stories about in other individuals and you also want to prevent an environment from happening like that so you want to foster like clear and consistent communication for leaders um and also for subordinates it's so important to be able to dispel these type of, of rumors and nurture a culture of trust and unity so this is what emmanuel mucula was talking about and so he has this nice video here that shows um what leadership is and how uh failed leadership can happen so let's look at here <coughs> let's look at the video Okay, so it doesn't look like it's going to load. Oh, okay, there you go. <laughs> Excuse me. And also, if I just note that, you know, the first person is drawing on the second person's back with a piece of paper that they're filling basically how they're marking um, the drawing. And then the second person is drawing on the third person and they're basically drawing uh, on the wall with a piece of paper and drawing what they feel is or think that is being written on their back with that piece of paper. So this is a really interesting activity and it shows how improper leadership can take place when you're not uh, being directive the way that you're supposed to. See, and that, and that concludes the video. So, the second person and the third person's photo um or you know uh assumed depiction of what they think the person behind them is writing is inaccurate it's kind of like it's not that far off but it's off okay and so this is a clear indication of when leadership is not performing the right way you know just because you're assuming that this person wrote this or this person said that or you assume that this person said this and that person said this so you're assuming things that never taken place so all of these things are inaccurate and it's not good for the work culture okay it doesn't nurture a positive work culture and it doesn't employ for people to have healthy relationships at work. So it's so important for us to understand what God wants us to do in leadership. So let's let's take a look here. I, I wanted to pull up some um, Bible scriptures about leadership, okay? Okay, so we see, um, let's go to, <coughs> let's go to some Bible verses. Um, I want to go to Matthew 7 and 12. That's what I would like to go to. So let's go to Matthew chapter 7, verse 12. Oh, but before I do that, let me do this. Give me one moment here. One moment.
Mm. One second here, I'm trying to pull up the, okay, here we are. Facebook with this here. So if you all can um just turn to your Bibles, please, to Matthew 7 and um verse 12. Matthew 7 and verse 12. Okay. One moment, I'm just waiting on this to pull up. Yeah, I can go to Twitter. Oh, I, I forgot. Um, Elon Musk, I haven't been on Twitter, but I saw that he got a new uh, symbol. It's called X. X. I think it's just called X. I thought he was going to pick the blue one, but he chose the black one. I mean, either way, it's, it's, a, it's a new look. Um, so I was able to post on all the social platforms. Um, let's go to Matthew, Matthew 7 and verse 12. Okay. So let's talk about this one. And then I have another scripture. Um, Philippians 4 and 13. I'm gonna go there and then oh yeah so I wanna go to Jeremiah one and five too that's what I'm gonna go okay and then the last scripture I wanna go to uh Romans eight and twenty eight all right here we go Okay, so I have all of these pulled up. Let me make sure I got them. Jeremiah 1 and 5. Romans 8 and 28. Okay. <coughs> so Matthew 7 and 12, it says, So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. And so what this means is, when we're going through our experiences, whether that be good or whether that be bad, whether it be, um, you know, something that you like or something that you dislike, either way, we should...
So with everything. And I've been going through some. different Things my life was forward it don't it doesn't feel like sometimes it was difficult for me to be person and then all of a sudden you're not with that person anymore it's kind of hard to go to sleep without them. it's like oh i'm so used to sleeping with you and this is my husband so divorce and separation not only just impacts your your relationship and your daily lifestyle, but it also impacts the way that you feel just about some of the basic normal things. Like for instance, my ex-husband would always make sure the lights are cut off. So now instead of me, instead of him having to do that, now I have to do that. So that causes like a disruption in lifestyle. And so all of these things are basically uh, interference from you living a certain life that you're accustomed to living. So when there's a disruption to your, the way that, um, when there is a disruption to the way that you have been, you know, living your life, you know, many times people don't like that disruption, disruption and change. So the Bible tells us in Matthew 7 and 12, so in everything do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the laws and the prophets. 
So what's important about this is that we need to make sure that we are able, no matter what the situation, still treat people the way that they want us to, the way that we should be treated. And the way we do that is, first of all, you be kind to them. So even though I was going through my divorce and the separation, I was able to be there and support. He was um he was going through some things, and he had actually got sick. And so he had to go to the emergency room. And this is when he was first diagnosed with a brain tumor. So he had a brain tumor. And we was going, we was already like separated. And so uh when he talked, when he called and they told me that he they did a, a scan of his brain, like an MRI on his brain, and they found uh some tumors next to it. Well, a tumor in his pituitary gland. I'm not sure if it was in or next to his. It's next to his pituitary gland. And so the pituitary gland basically it it um with the pituitary gland it, it it impacts the hormones in your body. So all your hormones and everything like that is being um operated and functioned through your pituitary gland. And so what happened? What ended up happening was my ex-husband, uh, when he was diagnosed with this pituitary gland, it actually impacts the way he moves every day and his energy level. It, it just impacts his overall well-being. And so <coughs> even though we were separated, because we were, even though we were separated during this time, what it did was it allowed me to still support him. So the this scripture, Matthew 7 and 12, so in everything, do to others what you will have them do for you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. What this means is that even though I was not physically with him anymore, Right, we be eight or nine months or something like that. Um, and so he when he went to the this emergency room, they did the MRI, and, and so he had a tumor in his pituitary gland, in which it impacts your hormones, your energy, the way you feel, um, and it impacts your personality, everything, character, everything. And so they called me, he called me and said, told me that he had a brain uh tumor. And um, then they found uh, out that it was three tumors that he had in his brain. And so what happened was I just immediately told him to just come back home. And I said that I'll just take care of you until like we figure this thing out, you know. And so like, uh, even though I, I didn't like physically um, want to be with him anymore and I wasn't physically attracted to him because of the perspective that I had from being a matter one um, um, because I had these brain tumors 
yeah, come back home and I'll take care of you to, you know, we can like immediately. But his heart rate was low. Um, and so doctors do not want to perform surgery when your heart rate is so low. And so um, he had to do walking. He had to, you know, to keep his heart uh, moving at, at a regular rate because they don't want to perform surgery if your heart rate is low. Your heart rate got to be at a certain level in order for doctors to proceed with, with surgery. So it was just a combination of so many different things that we were experiencing. And, and, and not to mention that, but like during this time, I still was going to school. I still was going to school. So it was like, I had to deal with, you know, my, uh, my marriage separation, even though we weren't divorced, we were like separated. And then now he's back home. And now my dad, I was taking care of him. And um, my dad was, he had a terminal illness, but I still had to take care of my family. And so I had to go to school and I still had to go to work. And I still had to do a lot of different things in order to be able to maintain. So God allowed me to, even though I went through all of these experiences with him and the problems that we had in our marriage, God still allowed me to be able to help him. And so this scripture, it means a lot to me because it's so in everything do to others what you would have them do to you for this sums up the law and the prophets. So I, you know, with me and my ex-husband, we did go through a lot of different things. We went through a lot. And so some of those things, it was consistent with him also having other babies. Um, there were like two allegations of him having kids with my one of my friends. So she said that he had one baby and then she turned around and says two babies that he had with her. And then he denies it. And then she says that it's not true. And so, so a lot of different things going on. And yet, and still, when he said that, you know, he was in a situation with the brain tumors, that really, really impacted the way I felt because it's like, okay, well, I'm not going to leave him out there just, you know, to fend for himself because he was my husband. Even no, we're technically we're not together. He's still technically, I wasn't divorced. He he still ended up leaving after like a year after that, uh, because it just did abuse emotional. It was just a lot. So with with him dealing with these tumors, uh, by his pituitary gland, it really really impacts his overall well being. And so um, what I'm saying is, despite all of these different things, I still had to go to work. I still had to go to school. And while I went to school and I went to work, I made sure that I maintained a very, very um, healthy work culture. So even when you're going through things in, in your personal life, you want to make sure that you are maintaining that work-life balance, right? And in order to maintain that work-life balance, balance you want to make sure that you're able you're able is on the things that you have at work 
And so what matter what you've been through, it doesn't matter what you've experienced. It doesn't matter about that. Long as you treat people, do do to others what you will have them do to you. Um, this will sum up the law and the prophets. And so this is what God wants us to do. So when you see people out here uh, doing things that is not what the word of God says that we should be doing, then you know, really type of character you have a person that you are how are you allowing God to come to your how are you allowing the part to change who you are as a person In everything, do I want to know the truth of somebody? Because that's something that you're supposed to come about it to other people. It's it's a it doesn't make sense to do anything like that. It's uh you're making an assumption. Assumptions doesn't do anything besides lead to falsehood. So you don't want to be involved in those type of things, right? So make sure that you know you can embrace. You are a person that knows how to embrace the truth. You when you embrace the truth, that means you can accept the truth. Right. So with me embracing the truth, I can accept it and I also can dish it out. But the truth is something that God takes delight. <laughs> Excuse me. The truth is something that God takes delight in. OK, God delights.
contributing to the work of that you were you're having their work school is a learning environment you are there to inspiration you're there gus various topics on different you know um, you know what what class entails you know uh, so all of these things, so we know that God was transparent, but we also want to be able to embrace the truth. Now, everyone isn't going to be able to embrace the truth. For me, I I like the truth, so I tell the truth, right? And I am honest about it, too. So in everything... is all being God is everything right and so when you understand that, that when you serve God the enemy can't prevail over you alright the enemy does not win in no area in your life and so you have to understand that even people that are contributing contributors to you know evil they don't win they do not they do not win you prevail because god gives you the strength 
I, it says, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Let me look this. I'm going to look at the Bible on my phone. So I'll look it up and read it on my phone. Because it's not working. The internet's not working on my computer. Philippians 4 and 13. I'm going to go to Bible Hub. So in Bible Hub, we see that I can do all this through him who gives me strength. This is Philippians 4 and 13. Uh, that's the NIV version. The New Living Translation says, For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. The English Standard Version says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. This means that as long as when let's look at let's look at this up through the strong concordance. Now I'm using my phone now. Okay. I want to look up all in the strong. So let me pull up a new tab. I'm gonna look at all. Wait, hold on, let me pull up strong concordance. and now so what i would like to say um when you're looking at the strong concordance you are going to want to look at it through the king james bible um so the old testament is comprised of the hebrew scrolls right and we the first five chapters in the old testament is called genesis exodus leviticus numbers deuteronomy and that is called the top the torah or you can call it the law. So the Old Testament is written in Hebrew scrolls. That is the translation of where the Bible is translated from. It's translated from Hebrew. The New Testament is translated in Greek. Okay. So in Greek, it's in the New Testament all the way from Matthew, the book of Matthew to the book of Revelation. So when you're looking at the Strong's Concordance, you're going to be looking at it from the Hebrew scrolls, which is in the Old Testament, and you're going to look at it from the Greek in the New Testament. And so this is how we translate the words from Hebrew to Greek, and we use we do that through the Strong's Concordance. And this is how our Bibles are created with different translations. So when you're looking at the Strong's Concordance, you're always going to want to look at the King James Bible. That is the closest um, way that is derived from the Hebrew and also from the Greek. So we're going to look at this Bible scripture. And this scripture is uh, Philippians 4 and 13. But I'm going to go to the King James. So it says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. So now let's go to all in the in the strong concordance all right so i'm gonna now look for philippians 4 and 13 because it gives you every instance where the word all was written in the bible so so far what i see here the word all is mentioned 4,664 times in the Bible. Okay. So now let's look. It's, I need to get to Philippians. So I'm still on Genesis. And I'm already on page 11. So I have to keep moving over. 
So I'm going to go to page 15 and just keep going down till I get to uh, Philippians. But while I'm pulling that information up, what I would like for you all to understand is that I can do all this through him. That means that I can accomplish everything that is aligned with the will of God. So if God ordained for me to graduate with my PhD, which he did, there is no other explanation why I have made it this far with my PhD besides with the help of my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, right? Because God has allowed me to get it all the way this far. And God helped me with my homework. God gave me the energy that I needed. God refueled me. Do you hear me? On my homework assignments, I didn't have anyone in my family to help me with my homework. I had no, uh, pretty much with my PhD program, I've been having problems with my professor the whole time, but I still managed to finish up my pilot and I still haven't had any work um, <coughs> with him to help. All the way up until the point where he, he has said that he will issue me a refund for all of the pilot classes that I've taken with him. So this is really interesting to me. You have to understand that when, when, I, when I feel attacked, I don't feel attacked. I know that God is in, in place for every strike, every arrow of the enemy. It cannot prevail over my life. Because, see, God has helped me with my homework. I'm the first graduate in my family. I'm also the first PhD student in my family. So, I'm also the first minority in my family to be able to go through a private school. So, you have to understand that, yes, there are successful people in my family, but they haven't been able to help me get to this point that i'm in right now in my life god helped me get to this point god helped me endure god gave me the ability to keep moving forward and to prosper god helped me <coughs> god helped he helped me with my heart he provided for me so this is something that this isn't something that I just said that this is what I'm going to do. Let me, I have I said this testimony already. When I first registered under the program for community psychology, I was not going to school to study CRISPR technology. I was going to school to just simply focus on helping ex-offenders get rehabilitated back into society. That is something that I was um, doing while, um, that is something that my goal was when I initially started the PhD program. So now the internet is back on. So let me go ahead and share this video once again. So what I was trying to say, and it might be three videos, but that's fine. You all can look at each part if you like. Um, so when I was able to 
um, get accepted into the PhD program, my initial thesis was focused on me aiding ex-offenders to be rehabilitated back into society. And so God kept tugging my heart over and over and over and over again. And so as I was praying, every night I was praying, I always asked God to help me with my homework. So like the first two quarters, I focused on um, ex-offenders. And I got on my knees and I was praying and I say, God, you know, it's like you, the more and more God is, is helping me because God provided answers for me for my homework. I would just read something and, and God would give me revelation in a different lens. Like I'm not looking at anything else. I was literally, literally, I could be sitting here typing, doing some homework, and then I'll get a revelation. God is like, the Holy Spirit is prompting me to say this, right? And so this is true. This is so true, everybody. Please believe me. So then all of a sudden I I went and, and then I uh started when I the more and more I was praying, it was like God was saying, you know, like, what about what about CRISPR? What about GMOs? And I'm like, well, what about it, God? You know what I mean? It's like it's a lot of stuff going on with it, you know, and I'm just sitting here, like, okay, God, like, um, you're going to do better talking about CRISPR technology. So I want you to change your topic to CRISPR technology because you know a lot about it already. And I was like, oh, God, if I, if I do that, then I'm going to have to like kind of like start over because they were saying that if you don't if you don't um, change your topic within the first three quarters, then you can get, you can fall behind and stuff like that. So I had never changed my topic up until this point. And I was like, God was saying, no, this is what I want you to do. I'm going to walk with you every step of the way. You are going to deliver a, a great research on this. I'm going to be with you. And so it's the scripture that God says that I, and, and let me, let me give you this scripture. This was Luke. Um, I think it was Luke five 31. No, no, no. It's not, it's not that one. It's, uh, here we go. So this is, this is all a true story, right? <clears throat> Matthew 28 and 20. This scripture, um, hold on, let me, let me, I'm going to put up the whole thing. Let me go to it. It says, then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. This scripture means so much to me because this is what God told me to do. God literally told me, you're going to use your, this, this podcast that I started. God wanted me to start the podcast. God wanted me to do my research on CRISPR technology. God said that you're going 
you're going to defend nature. Last year, the word of God spoke to me. And God said that you're going to work in the garden. I'm like, I'm working in the garden. Like God is saying, you're bringing them into my kingdom. They're coming into my kingdom. And I'm like, oh, okay. So God is fulfilling prophecy right now in my life. When I was 19 years old, my pastor had prophesied over me. And he said that God is going to use you. He said this in front of the whole church. God is going to use you to go places that no man would dare to go or even think to go. And God will use you to snatch them back into his kingdom. So this was a prophecy that was spoken over my life since I was a teenager. So the, the most important thing here is to understand that God is saying, I am with you always, even until the end of the age. This is Matthew 28 verses 18 through 20. So this scripture is affixed to my spirit. This is affixed to my mind. It is affixed to my heart. Because God, this is all I hear God say. I am with you always to the very end of the age. This is all I hear. So it doesn't matter about what situation you're going through. God is saying to you, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Remember that I am with you always to the very end of the age. Say it again. I am with you always to the very end, <coughs> to the very end. <coughs> I am with you always to the very end <coughs> of the age. So God is still with us. So you are the Philippians 4 and 13. I can do all, all this through him who gives me strength. You can do all of this through Christ who gives you strength. Because there is nothing that God won't allow you to do. There is nothing that God won't allow you to do. When God is helping you with something. And you are called. And you are chosen. There is nothing in the world that can stop the plan, will, and purpose that God has for you. So I know this and I believe this because let me explain something to you. I have went through divorce. I went through so many different things and so many different problems in my life that I've been able to overcome through the power of the Holy Spirit. God has brought me this far. God has helped me with my homework. Okay? Literally has refueled me to complete all of my findings, my research findings in 16-hour days. I was just non-stop. I was looking and reviewing my research like I was working double shifts. Like I was working a job. My family members seen me do this. Nonstop. That was like some sweat equity I was putting in. 
I was working hard to find my research findings, to analyze my findings, to draw my discussion, to look at my frequencies and analysis. I worked very hard for this. I was working double time. God refueled me. So let me explain. It doesn't matter about what you may think the outcome will be. I am going to graduate with my PhD in community psychology. Period. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay. So I am one of the top students. I have all A's in every single class. All right. So what God has done. No one can take away what God has done. So I prevail in spite of, despite adversity. I prevail despite problems. I prevail. I triumph over every barrier, over every obstacle that is positioned in my path in the name of Jesus Christ. It is sealed in the blood of Jesus. So when you, when you know these type of things, there is nothing that can directly, indirectly, inadvertently, no way, no shape, no form that can interfere with what God has planned for you. Period. In the name of Jesus Christ. So you have to walk with this as a, as a woman. You understand that when you're walking through your adversity, that you say, guess what? I win. I win because God says in Matthew 28 verses 18 through 20 that I am with you always, even until the end of the age. So that adversity you experiencing when you walking through it, you just going through it. You're not staying in it. When you're going through that barrier, when you haven't these obstacles presented in your life, you lose your job, you lose your house, you lose your spouse, you losing everything. Guess what? You're going through it. You're not staying in it. God has given you the ability to overcome every single situation, over every single problem, every single level of adversity, every single obstacle presented in your path. God has given you the ability to conquer it. So you are an overcomer. You will prevail. You will win. You will succeed. So God is saying that you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. Not some things, not little things. And you better know that when God helping you do something, Guess what? Guess, guess what God told me in this situation? See, see, I'm going to come back with a testimony for you all. See, this situation is going to change the trajectory of a lot of different things. But this is the way that God ordained it to be. See, because God, see, look, let me go to another scripture, Jeremiah 1, 5. Go to Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. And I hope I'm not yelling too loud. I need to get back used to using my um my uh my mic here. So Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. 
So God had already knew what you were going to go through. God already knew what the experience was going to be. He already knew that he had to shake some things up a bit for you to overcome. So God said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. So it doesn't matter about the adversity, baby. It doesn't matter about what you what you think you're seeing. What you're seeing is the workman of workmanship of God. Yeah, it may sound like some bad news. It might sound like you're defeated. It might even look like you're defeated. It might even look like you don't have another chance of hope. It may look like, but that don't mean that that's what it's going to be. That doesn't mean that that is what it equates to in your life. You're not equated to defeat. You're not equated to being hopeless you're not equated to having a despair that's not what god wants to equate you to so even though it may look like it may feel like it may seem like you defeated but you're not so i don't accept it i just know that i have favor of god as i was writing my appeal as i was writing my appeal i felt good i actually felt really good about it right i'm like god every single allegation here is a lie like we're talking about email communication between me and a professor how do you kick me out of the program because of this communication with a professor. That's clueless. I am oblivious to this. Okay. I literally have documentation to support my rebuttal to every false allegation. Literally one allegation says he attempted to have a meeting with me and the, and the, several faculty the dean and i declined that isn't even true we actually met me him and the dean so i'm trying to figure out what is he talking about like i clearly clearly this is all false so i know that my school is going to straighten this out i feel really good about it i'm not even feeling no at first i was feeling like Oh, God, this is just a lot, you know. But God said, look, I'm doing this for a reason. You can do all things through me. This is what God said. I can do all things through Christ. He said, I have helped you with your homework. I have supported you during sleepless nights. I have refueled you. I advise you to change your topic so that you can explain to the world how important the trees are how important because you are a part of the of the uh bringing in the children into my kingdom god has called and chose me this isn't something that is made up this isn't make believe 
I am a miracle child. My mother was hit by a drunk driver when she was pregnant. I was hit by a car when I was nine. And I'm, I still have all of my limbs. A miracle. These are nothing but miracles that constantly, consistently, constantly take place in my life. And this is what God said to me specifically. He said that this isn't it. So why? I'm like, okay, so God, well, why, God said, don't think about it. I am orchestrating what needs to be done. This is what the Lord told me. So I don't know what the outcome will be besides the fact that I am going to graduate. Um, That's what I do know for sure. Because no matter what, it's a process of in-between. It's adversity in-between. It's problems in-between. It's obstacles in-between. But all it is is email communication. So I'm trying to figure out, like, unless you, unless a person is not reading, that's the only way you will know what's going on. You will have to literally not read the emails in order to not know what's happening in this situation. Okay, so it is is clear set, obvious, is clear and concise that I had a favor of God all over me. Like I, one thing, one thing about this is that school has been important to me <coughs> because God, <coughs> God helped me get here <coughs> and God is going to allow me to finish. Everything happens for a reason. Nothing is done by coincidence. My school <coughs> is so generous. My school is very generous very generous they said i could apply at a different program but the lord said file an appeal and i'm gonna win so i'm not i'm not concerned about it so just know that you can do all things through christ who gives you strength it doesn't matter what it may look like on the outside it doesn't matter about any of that it doesn't matter about what you're going through what it may seem what it may feel like what it may look like you will win you will prevail you will triumph remember that you going through it you're not standing in it you're going through it you're not staying there okay so that's what god wants us to know god formed us in the womb he knew us before we was born and he set us apart. So going to Romans 8 and 28, it says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. Excuse me. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. If it, Do you all understand when other people interfere with the purpose of God, what happens? Nobody can interfere with the purpose of God. We see this when the, um, when, I'm trying to think of all the instances where we see this. We see this with the rainbow. 
The rainbow is God's covenant promise that he will never flood the earth again. So God gives us a rainbow to see in the sky to show that, you know, it's never going to, he's never going to flood the earth again. The people that were, you know, here during the days of Noah, they didn't want to listen. They just thought that they could just do whatever they wanted to do. Just party, go do this, go do that. They was doing everything up until the flood came. Like, what was they thinking? They thought that they could interfere with what God was doing. You can't interfere with the things that God has orchestrated. That's the thing. And, and I see it too many times when I be looking like, oh, God, you know, this just doesn't make any sense. They're sitting up here tearing down all the trees. They up here doing all type of harm to God's children. And they think that they're going to go and get it, get away with it. No one can escape God. You can't even, you can try to run, you can hide, you can, can escape God. His invisible qualities. Let's look at Romans 1 and 2. And I say this all the time. Romans. It says here in Romans 1 and 20, for since the, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse. It doesn't matter which way a person wants to deny what God has or the quality of what God is doing. They cannot deny gravity. You cannot deny the fact that you have a breath of life and evolution has not taken place. If people evolve, why is there no evolution? So there is no, no such thing. God, all of these predictions, God says that, that many Christians, they're going to be thrown into jail. We see this happening in the on the Asian continent. There are so many Asian Christians that are put in jail. This is Bible prophecy. Bible prophecy. You cannot escape what is the truth the truth god so god's invisible qualities no one can dispute it everything that is man-made has the ability to malfunction or it could possibly malfunction everything that god created God gives us choice. God gave us dominion over the earth, over everything. Not for us to depreciate the value. God has used me, a miracle child that don't not speak proper grammar because I do not speak proper grammar. I do not. I, I've had every opportunity to speak proper grammar. I have Rosetta Stone right here, as you all can see. 
while I'm trying to learn the Hebrew language, I do not speak proper grammar because that's not something that I want to focus on. My energy has been attenuating on those things that are more important. I am God's child. I am a walking, living miracle. So if we are to boast about anything in this world, you better boast about the glory of God. You better boast about how God has given you breath. You better boast about how God has blessed your children. And you better boast about the favor of God in your life. You better boast about the glory of God. <coughs> excuse me god thank you for fixing this internet <laughs> this took a long time <laughs> one moment So here are 12 uh, Bible verses about boasting in God. Let's look at Jeremiah 9 and 23. And then I'm going to um, hope I'll be able to discuss some, um, maybe another different <coughs> brand, <coughs> brand of tissue. So Jeremiah 9 and 23, it says, Thus says the Lord, let not a wise man boast of his wisdom. And let not the mighty man boast of his might. Let not a rich man boast of his riches. First Corinthians 1 and 31 says, So that just as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. So I'm going to take the minister the word of God off. I have Saturday off. It's about God for me. I woke up today. Amen. I boast for God. Thank God that he woke me up. Thank God that I'm in school to be able to graduate with my PhD. <clears throat> Thank God that I have favor going and coming. Thank God that my kids are blessed. Give praise to God. That's why 1 Corinthians 1 and 31. So that just as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. If you boasting about all these other things in life, God will show you why those things are not important. I'm a living witness to that. I'm a living testimony to that. When you're boasting about other things in life, God will show you just how unimportant they are. So if you think that... You know, your boasting is going to lead to you having this and you're going to have victory there and victory there. No, no, no. Those things that you boast about, you will surely lose. If you boast, you should be boasting in the Lord. All glory be to God. Amen. Second Corinthians 10, 17, it says, but he who boasts is to boast in the Lord. But he who boasts 
is to boast in the Lord. Psalm 34 and 2, it says, my soul will make its boast in the Lord. The humble will hear it and rejoice. Talking about what? Boasting in the Lord again. So if you are going to boast about anything in this world, boast about God. Boast about how God has given you the ability to have a peace of mind. Boast about God and how he has given you the ability to overcome and how you prevail despite of your adversities. How you succeed despite of your obstacles. How you overcome despite of your problems. Because those things didn't just happen. It was somebody praying for you. You were covered in the blood somewhere along the way. You don't want to lose the covering of God by boasting on the things of this world. See, God is transitioning us. I feel it in the spirit. God is transitioning his children. We are being transitioned. It's time to boast about the Lord. Quit boasting about the things of this world. So let's, let me, um, I don't have that much time left. I have about 17 minutes. So let's look at the last Bible character in the Bible. So when we look at Peter, right, let's look at, um, Okay, so this is the article of the five Bible characters who were successful after miserable failure. This is an article by Alberto Carvajal. And um, he talked about, I talked about Joseph. I also talked about Job. I went into uh, in depth about Moses and a really thorough analysis of Gideon. So now when we think about Peter, Peter was an apostle. He was a disciple of Christ, right? Um, Peter did do some preaching. He was anointed with the Holy Spirit, but he was, um, he also had experienced some hardship, right? So, um, Peter, when, when, uh, when the religious Pharisees had sent Judas Iscariot to point out Jesus, they wanted to fight. They wanted to fight the, the soldiers that was coming to take Jesus. Peter did. So Peter had cut off one of the men's ear. And so Peter was ready to fight. And so he was willing to go to war with God. So he really didn't believe that he would, you know, betray God in the end because of what he had, you know, experienced. But let me explain this to you. That sometimes you might think that you at a certain level in your life where you think that you could just do so good and it's going to always be good. But, you know, unless you involved in the situation, you don't know what, what that experience will bring into your life. So you have to stop judging people and you have to look at the fact that people in this world go through experiences. Unless you went through that experience, you don't know what they went through. Don't lie on people and don't slander them. And definitely don't make a reason not to support innocent people. If you are a person who says that you're for the cause to help out here in society, but yet you don't want to intervene when you can, what type of person are you? 
What type of ethics do you have? So Peter, he wanted to fight for Jesus at the time, you know? But later on, he denied Jesus three times. Because certain way, just because they act a certain way, that doesn't necessarily mean that that's what it's going to be. So you have to understand that when you are out here and you're looking at people and you're looking down on people, you don't know what you're going to When translated, it's Peter. So when this is God is still faithful even when people are God is still faithful and he's still going to chase after you with his love he's still going to follow you with his kindness he's still going to love you this faithless actions is causing you to do things inadvertently to damage your own future but God is still faithful God wants us to focus on the things that he has planned for us.
okay? So understand that God has a main purpose for us, and that is for us to fulfill. So now I'm going to read a little bit of what this author is saying. He says that you may not have a college degree or a ministry degree, but that doesn't stop you from having other gifts. I'm pretty sure the gifts are there. I'm not sure. However, if you believe and know your talents and gifts, but the gifts are there. So you have to understand that you don't have to have a college degree. You don't have to have any type of degree. You don't have to have a special skill. God, when you are obedient and you invite the Holy Spirit into you, you invite the Holy Spirit into your life. God is going to gift you gifts through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives gifts. It's because the Holy Spirit is occupying part of you. <coughs> so as the Holy Spirit occupies you, then you are able to get gifts of the Holy Spirit. So Peter was a fisherman, right? And so um, Jesus told him that, you know, come, I'm going to show you how to fish for men. So a fisherman, they know how to manage people. And especially being with a few rude guys for weeks in the same boat, they learn to be understanding and forgiving. So sometimes if you're like forced to be around a person, you're going to learn how to understand them. You're going to learn how to be forgiving. You're going to learn how to be cheerful. You're going to learn how to understand. So this is why in some situations, God don't allow me to just move around and give up. God would tell me every step. No, no, no. You going to stay in this program. I've, I've been wanting to lead this program since it started. I'm like, God, I, these are the people that I have to work with. I mean, literally, I felt some type of way. I did. I'm just like, oh, my Lord, Jesus Christ. Like, if we are educators, we are people who are learning all of this stuff. So I don't, I don't like to speak too soon. So we're learning how to be educators. We are not fully educators yet, right, until we get the PhD in our hand. So it's so important for us to be able to collaborate, have discussions about things that people in the world are going to have discussions about, you know. Like people in the world, everybody in the world going to talk about something that's going on in politics. But then if you hear a person say, oh, well, why should we talk about politics? Well, you're not supposed to politic. I'm going to use, first of all, I am going to use my influence in every situation because that's what God told me to do. He said, use your influence. State your opinion. State was right. State was wrong. Teach and coach. That's what we're supposed to do. So now are you going to go around in your job and you're going to be teaching and coaching people at work? In a way where you're trying to, you know, teach them the Bible. You know, unless you're working in a environment where it calls for that, then yes, you can do that. But when you're at work, <laughs> excuse me, you have to be a contributor to work, making sure you're providing innovation and quality of service. 
it's that's the focus is to work and encourage people in the word of God as when you're speaking certain things that you know you say hey you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength so you speak the word of God here and there you know but but work is in a learning environment unless you're in training so if we're in a school or academic setting we're, we're learning these things we are learning these things to be able to go out here in the world and have conversations with people it doesn't matter about all the progress you made thus far you could have helped ten thousand different communities and those ten thousand communities are not doing anything positive right now so what was the point of creating programs and different things that are ineffective why are we consistently using approaches that are deemed ineffective people that live in their community they are the ones who want they are the ones who know about their community you can't drive past the community and then you think you know what that community needs you don't live in that community there are people who live in the community they know who the store owners are they know the gas state the gas station attendant attendants they know the regular customers they see people all the time in their community they know the the grocery store um employees by name because they live in their community so who are who gives anyone else the right to just drive past the community and say hey you know this community needs this these are all deemed ineffective approaches we as perspective community phd psychologists practitioners we are supposed to be able to have discussions that the world is going to discuss for instance there is so much discussion about the lgbtq and transgender population we have not had one discussion about it with my professor this professor that seems to have, have all of these different classes that really focuses and attenuates the students being able to work collaboratively in addition to being able to focus on change of uh, inequality and inequity and all of these different things. We haven't had one discussion about it. That doesn't make any sense to me this is what the entire world is talking about but we as students as practitioners perspective psychology practitioners he doesn't discuss these type of things in his classroom we don't discuss things if it goes against his belief system and this is wrong you know it doesn't make any sense to me i'm not a radical liberal okay i'm not i'm actually not a liberal i'm a i'm a i am a conservative i am a libertarian a conservative libertarian that's what i am i'm not a, a, a radical liberal even though I, I may support some of the ideologies of liberals, I may support some of the ideologies of conservatives. So we cannot support 
all of these different things that's going on in society when we really need to be focusing on the things that God wants us to do. That's who we should be radical for, which is why I spend most of my time speaking about the word of God. And I also have a benevolent heart, so I want to help the community. And so we, as perspective educators of um, psychology practitioners, it's so important for us to grasp some of these things that are really impacting society. And if we're unable to discuss it in the classroom, we're definitely not going to be able to discuss it with people in the community. So, you know, I'm going to end, <coughs> end it with that tonight. <coughs> and um, unfortunately, you know, I'm having to go through this situation. But, you know, I know that God, God's will will be done. So I just ask you all to keep me in your prayers. Let me go ahead and pray. Father God, we just come boldly before your throne of grace. We lift, we lift your name to you, Father God. We thank you so much for being in our life. Thank you for giving us the Holy Spirit. Thank you for allowing us to have gifts of the Holy Spirit, God. We thank you that we prevail and triumph in the in the walk or, or do the experience of every adversity, every single barrier, every single obstacle that is presented in our life, God. We thank you right now that your will be done. We thank you for favor, God, going and coming. We thank you that your will be done in our life, God. Thank you so much. We say yes to your plan. We say yes to your will. God, we say yes, and we invite you into our hearts, and we invite you into our lives to lead us in whatever path it is that you want us to go in, God. And so we just appreciate you today, God. We thank you that we prevail and we triumph in every situation and circumstance. It is still in your blood. But most importantly, God, we thank you, God, that you allow your will to be done, not ours or anyone else's, but your will. In the name of Jesus Christ, it is still in your time and blood. So thank you all so much for joining me today. I do appreciate it. And I will see you all tomorrow. Hopefully the internet and everything will be working fine. So have a good night.